Christine is a nerd about people and technology, but mostly about technical people. Give it for Christine. I am Christine. Thank you for welcoming me. I'm a nerd about technology. It's been my job my whole life, but I'm also a nerd about people. And what I've learned is that both you can find cool things in research and then apply them to your life and your work, and it's fascinating what happens. And all sorts of cool stories come from that. And I have a story for you guys tonight. But every story has a beginning, and mine starts with being the oldest of seven children. My siblings say I've been bossing people around for my entire life. <laughs> I have lists for everything. I love chaos, and I love always applying new ideas. And it made me a really natural project manager. So I started off managing small projects, and medium-sized projects, and large projects, then chaotic projects. And then I moved into this space called Project Rescue, where you get brought into projects that are in crisis and you do whatever you can to bring them back to health. And I started teaching people about how to lead projects. And I learned I am a great project manager. But when I took a job at Volkswagen leading a team of technologists, I learned I'm actually a crappy team manager. And the good news about Volkswagen for me was I had a great boss and access to amazing research. And I started to learn a lot. One of the first things that I learned about was Gallup has done all this research about how highly engaged people drive more profitable organizations. I learned about Myers-Briggs and personalities and how we're all just wired differently, Herman Holbrain and how we think, DISC and how we communicate. And I learned that I am an ENTJ, which is a Myers-Briggs profile that's known many times to be a natural leader, energetic, decisive, courageous. The downside of my type is that we're known to be bossy, thoughtless, cold-hearted, potentially, or as my children helpfully figured out for me, if you find the Myers-Briggs profile where they replace the profiles with animals, I am a gorilla. So I thought, oh my god, I've got to change so I can work more effectively with my non-gorilla friends. So I started making thoughtful decisions. I do things now like I wait seven seconds after I ask the question, does anybody have any questions? I talk to some people one-on-one -on -one when they're not comfortable talking in groups. And what I learned through these is the best practices that made me a great project manager actually don't work for other people. And if I didn't come up with best practices that were different, I'd never be able to widen my scope and my ability to work with large teams. This worked out well because I took a job with Dell. I led 16 program managers. There are 33 similar teams across the United States. This team was 33rd confidently 33rd, last in budgets, last in scope, last in customer satisfaction. So I jumped in and started working with them to try to figure out what we could do to turn it around. One of my favorite books is this book by Marcus Buckingham called First Break All the Rules. And the number one rule he says to break is to treat everyone the same. He says that's crazy. You treat people uniquely based on how they want to be treated and what they're good at. But the guy who had the team before me treated them all the same. Everybody got a large project, then smaller projects to fill it up, and everybody did their finances. So I started asking my team, what were they interested in? What fueled them? And another book that I leaned on was a book by Tom Rath called Strengths Finder. And in this, Tom talks about a lot of the research about what happens when you take someone and you line their strength up to their job. They're sig significantly more successful in roles than people who can just execute it. And if you want to know what someone's good at, the worst question to ask is, 
what are you good at? Statistically, believe it or not, that drives bad data. If you want to know what someone is good at, the question you need to ask is what makes you happy? If you think about it, it makes total sense. If you do something that you're great at, it's fun. It's fun because it's easy. It goes fast. People compliment you. So as I worked with this team, I found out that the people who loved the large projects, they loved the relationship that came from working with somebody over the course of a year, and they loved that the technology was stable. And the people who loved the small projects, they loved that sometimes the technology worked and sometimes it didn't, and they thought that was awesome. And one guy actually liked finances, which I still don't understand. <laughs> but we got, we went from last to middle in 18 months, and then to the top a few months after that. And that team stays in Dell's top 10% across the US, and I haven't led them for seven years. I don't know if you caught this, but the first slide that I showed you with people in it was 16 people all doing the same job. This is 11 people doing what they love, and they outperformed the 16 we started with. So as we hear stories tonight, and we probably start to think about our own story, the question I have for all of you guys is, if 11 people doing what they love can outperform 16 people doing anything, what makes you happy?